Hello and welcome to Switzer Investing. I'm Peter Switzer and on this show we test out the recent bounce for tech stocks Altium and Appen. Is this the start of something good and positive or is it a false dawn? We asked Julia Lee of Berman Invest for her views and we get Mike Gable of Fairmont Equities to run his chart eye over the latest share price movements of these two stocks and some other stocks we're interested in. And then Paul Ricard looks at the demerger of Woolworths with Endeavour Drinks. That includes Dan Murphy's and BWS. It's going to be a really big demerger coming up. And the question is, you know, should you buy Woolworths now and try and get the benefit of the demerger or should you wait? We'll ask Paul about that. So that's a really important uh, demerger coming up. That's the show. So let's kick off with Julia Lee. Become an annual Switzer Report subscriber and get unprecedented access to my seven investing principles where I reveal the exact strategies I use to invest. You'll get access to an exclusive PDF, video recording, and even a free copy of my book, Join the Rich Club. With a 30-day money-back guarantee, a Switzer Report subscription is one of the wisest investments you can make towards your future. Find out more at switzerreport.com.au slash YouTube offer or click on the link in the description below. Hi, Julia Lee. Hi, Pete. How are you doing? Very good. Now, Julia, I always like to throw to you some of the stuff we've been looking at over time. And later on the show, I'm going to talk to Mike Gable about what the charts are saying about Appen and Altium. Uh, we, did, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They have gone for a bit of a rise, which and I want to sort of test it out. Is this the start of something good or is it just a sort of a sideways movement or whatever? So what's your take on both those companies at this point in time? I think a couple of weeks ago, I was saying, you know, I like our team as a COVID recovery story, but I'm a little bit more wary around Appen. Um, and that's because I'm, I think its business model is shifting where we are seeing a lot of the big techs bringing some of the um, AI in-house, which might affect the business model. So I'm still not sure with Appen, but I do like our team. And I think since we spoke, it's rallied from around about $24, $25 to be above $28. Um, so that's been a nice move up. But this one I'd place in the COVID recovery story basket, the uh, printed electric circuit boards. Yeah. Whereas Appen, I think we are seeing a shift in terms of what the landscape of its business looks like. So yeah. I'd be a bit more wary on Appen at the moment. Yeah. Julia, I interviewed for my podcast a guy called Matthew Mikhailovich who wrote a book on the rise of uh, artificial intelligence. And he kind of ma made the same points that you made about App and Glass and about App, which he said was a, a great innovative company. But what, one thing he, he did mention was that with all technology, like we remember when mobile phones were like big bricks and now they've become so small, but they've got more computer power than NASA had when they put their man on the moon. All that sort of thing staggers me. He made the point that artificial intelligence like all technology, will become more accessible to medium-sized businesses and ultimately small businesses. I made the point, point I asked the question, you know, would that benefit a company like Happen when they're less dependent on really big companies who use their services? And he kind of thought, well, probably that would be the case. What would you think? Yeah, I think Appen's just going to change up its business model a little bit. I think we have seen a few changes in terms of um, how Apple collects its data as well. And if you have a look at some of the Facebook algorithms which are happening at the moment, I think it's shifted. So Facebook might be targeting um, some of their users through their own algorithms. Mm. And I guess what makes me a little bit cautious about Appen at the moment is that it has been... Um, a, a human intensive model. It has a huge, massive workforce. 
And when they came out and they uh, kept to their guidance, but they said they were cutting costs through cutting off some of their workforce, that's what made me a little bit wary because for me, um, growth in up and comes sort of hand to ha um, hand in hand with the growth in its workforce. Um, so I guess I'm just a little bit wary at the moment mm. until I get a bit more confidence around its business model. Yeah. Whereas Altium really, I think, is more a COVID recovery story. Okay, right. Let's go to the next one. And we've been asked some questions from viewers. Uh, service stream. What's your view on that? Yeah, look, service stream has come under a lot of pressure and I guess its share price reflects that at the moment, the uncertainty and the margin compression that we are seeing in terms of the business. Now, service stream is responsible for the rollout of NBN. And so it's really all about the lack of NBN take up that we're seeing at the moment. Um, upside will come if we get more work through NBN upgrades. Um, but looking at where the share price is at at the moment, I guess um, it is worth putting a little bit of money in it and then putting more money in as you gain confidence in the business model because there is quite a bit of value in terms of service stream share price where it stands at the moment and look going and looking at a longer term picture of service stream it has quite a, a good track record so unfortunately it's being dragged down by some of the weakness in NBN at the moment I'd also be a little bit cautious there is some industrial action uh, around the union and trying to bypass some of the prime contractors to NBN like service stream, which is a key risk, but given how much the share price has fallen, putting a little bit of money in service stream at these levels, I don't think um, would be too bad a move. Um, but of course, it, it is an extremely high risk proposition at this stage. So I'm um, looking at service stream, it has moved down up from the bottom of 83 cents, it's up at uh, about 98 cents at the moment. And you probably need some more good news coming through from NBN um, to kick it above that $1 mark. Okay, now a company that copped it last week, Costa Group, um, and I know at various stages of your, your changing mind on investments, you've liked Costa Group and you haven't liked Costa Group. Um, what, 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 well, what's your view given the fact that the market has really given it a clobbering? Yes, we don't own Costa Group, but having a look at where Costa Group is at the moment, and when you do see big announcements like this, the first thing I ask myself is, is it permanent or structural or is it temporary? And I think a lot of the problems that Costa Group flagged in the first half are more temporary in nature rather than structural. So if you're a medium to long-term investor, these levels are looking relatively attractive to start adding Costa Group to the portfolio. Look, some of the problems they had in the first half, they had hail affecting their grapes, which of course is a once-off. We saw warmer weather in March, which impacted on mushroom demand. We're going into the colder months, so that's likely to reverse and we're likely to see stronger demand coming through for mushrooms and we're likely to see a higher yield for its citrus um, business as well. We know that there's been a lack of short-term workers coming into Australia like travellers, which has been impacting, especially in terms of the blueberry space. But once again, that's a COVID-related problem and that's expected to normalise as we do see normalisation post-COVID-19. So look, these problems aren't, I think, structural in nature, but more temporary, which means that there is a, an investment case there for a medium to longer term investor to start adding cost group. Okay. Now, one that I know you're not necessarily a great uh, follower of, uh, baby bunting. What do you think? 
You know, I have liked baby bunting in the past. At this point in time, I'm undecided on whether we're going to see a baby boom or a baby bust in Australia. Mm. So I'm sitting on the fence line here. I wish I had a view uh, on whether we are going to see a baby boom post-COVID-19 or a bust. But, um, you know, if we have a look at some of the um, developed economies around the world and economies around the world, we're seeing a bit of a baby bust, um, whether we look at Europe or China. So look, I am a little bit cautious of baby bunting at these levels, although I know there are a lot of analysts which are positive on baby bunting because they expect a baby boom. But I'm sitting on the fence. I don't know whether there's a baby boom or bust. So I'm not yeah. forming a view on baby bunting. Well, I've got two relatable stories. One is I do remember outing you on my Sky Business program when I, <laughs> when I, 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 I announced to everybody that you were, pre <laughs> that you were pregnant. <laughs> twice, even before your family knew, which of course got me in a lot of trouble. But I think at the time, we we're probably talking about baby bunnings, I can see a nice segue. Um, but, but also, I would have thought because of that period where people were locked up at home and not at work, that could have actually encouraged the development of more Australian babies. Yeah. I don't disagree with you there, Pete, but what we're probably going to see less of is, you know, people, you know, getting pregnant by meeting someone down at the pub or through like a music festival oh, yes, or was, event. So there's just pluses um, and there's negatives. That, you know, people who are wanting to have babies are probably still going to have babies. It's just the incremental margins. How do you meet someone? You know, when you're, you're in lockdown and um yeah that's a good point but I, I also i also else. <laughs> well the thing is this i figured for the first six months of um stay at home you know you exhausted all the netflix and stand programs you could find but after that that would have been good for procreation so i'm figuring babies will show up in 2022 as opposed to 2021 but that's just i don't opinion. think it's a problem of uh with married couples having babies i think it's like single people trying to find someone to have a baby with and that's where my question mark is whether okay. you know lockdowns sort yeah, of I'm, I'm so old-fashioned not thinking about people having babies out of wedlock you're <laughs> such a, like a modern young events, woman <laughs> things like the olympics there tends to be a baby spike when people mingle that's when things happen <laughs> <laughs> okay great stuff julia we won't go any further thanks for joining us in the program <laughs> thanks pete Well, a few weeks ago, I wrote a story about AAA stocks. Now, of course, they weren't really AAA, but I like using that idea of 3A um, stocks with their names starting with A. And Appen, Altium, and Atium up with three really good quality companies that have been beaten up in recent times. And I posed the question, you know, when will they start to rise? And uh, since then, we have seen Altium and Appen reasonably well. A2 is still struggling to, to take off, though I think it will happen eventually in time. But I thought I'd like to get Mike Gable to test out what he's seen so far. It, are the risers convincing enough to believe the worst is behind them and maybe there's some good times ahead? Mike, thanks for coming to the program. Thanks, Peter. So uh, we, we remember talking about this. You've got uh, Appen on, on the APX, that's their ticker code, on screen. Mm. What have you seen so far and what's your view in relation to what you're seeing? So I guess the first point which is clear is that it is still in the downtrend. Mm. Um, so what we need to do is find signs that that downtrend is over. So usually what happens is when a downtrend ends, a stock will often 
um, base, so it might head sideways for a while yeah. before heading higher. Mm. Um, but sometimes it can turn around and do and a get V straight back into a yeah. back into an uptrend. So mm. unfortunately, at the moment, it is still in a downtrend. When I look at when I look at the specific price action, so this is a daily chart. So we've got daily candles. Mm. We could see that that day at the start of uh, at the beginning of May, where it dropped quite substantially, mm. but it hasn't it hasn't gotten worse since then. So I mean, that's a positive. Mm. Um, we just need to see it basically break this downtrend. So, so that blue line you got there, if 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 the current um, selling was above that line, would that make you feel more positive? Yes. Yeah, so that that blue line up and up until uh, it fell under it, 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 there seemed to be very good support around yeah, sixteen dollars. So, and that also corresponds to the previous previous high. So, if we're looking at, um, so if we're looking at a, a trend, so a stock heading uh, down, we have lower highs, lower lows. Mm. So, ideally, we need to see that prior low get, uh, sorry, that prior high get taken out, which is represented by that blue line. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean it'll continue higher after that, but that'll be, I guess, the first um, sort of major sign that that. Yeah, proper buying's coming in because yeah. and that's around sixteen dollars or something. Yep, yep. So around sixteen dollars, there's there's been a, a lot of buying previously. So what you'll find is when the share price gets close to that, there'll be quite a bit of selling. So people looking to get out. So if that can get overcome, you that means always <laughs> so, self-interest. Yeah, exactly. You're looking out for themselves. <laughs> so look, if if it can overcome that level, it, it's the first sign that there is some decent buying. Yeah. Um, it may then. You know, drift sideways for a few yeah. months, but um, for anyone watching, happen. Um, you know, I think if it can trade above sixteen dollars, that's the first sign that it may well be finding the low. Okay, well, that's a good um, piece of uh, advice for people. Well, advice, um, general advice, general advice, <laughs> but also astute observation from a, a chartist. Okay, let's go to the next one, and that is Altium. Um, so it's a similar situation here. Mm. We need. We need that previous high point to get overtaken. It's thirty dollars in this case. It's thirty dollars. So yeah. again, as we could see, because this is in a downtrend, every time it gets close to the previous peak, uh, investors step in and, and dump it. So mm. um, it needs to overcome thirty dollars. Now it is getting close, but what I've it's a what more I've, convincing bounce than Apple. Yeah, you can't yeah. apply at this stage. But unfortunately, it it still looks quite unsustainable. So yeah. what I mean by that is the the big sell off at the start of May was quite sharp, and then the bounce has also been quite sharp. And these sorts of V-shaped bounces, uh, you, it's very unusual for the stock to then continue to to kick on. It needs to to use up a bit more time. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is, uh, again, we need to see a little bit more um, sideways action out of Altium. So you know, if you're looking at Altium at twenty-eight dollars, there's going to there will be clear resistance at thirty dollars. The previous low was at twenty-four. So what you've got is potentially two dollars upside, um, but potentially four dollars downside for it to get back mm. to back to that previous low where there might be some buying. So at the moment, the risk reward is very poor to be chasing Altium here. Yeah. Um, but again, thirty dollars. If it can get above that, that's the first good sign um, that something's up. So. Not too dissimilar to when we looked at the chart for, for Megaport a few months ago. We're looking for those previous peaks to get overtaken. And then yep. when we spoke a few weeks ago, we noticed that that did happen. And that was the first sign that, mm. that good buying would step in. And, and Megaport's actually been doing pretty well the last few weeks. So I think we just need to be patient with our team. It'll happen eventually. But yep. if you could see those previous peaks get 
get taken out and that's the first sign that... Reporting season should be interesting for both those companies. Yeah. Well, we also had Appen, um, I think from memory, they reiterated their previous guidance and the market was looking for that as well. Mm, yeah. So and I think a little bit more information. Cost cutting as well. Yeah, a little bit more information from these co uh, companies would help. Okay. Uh, okay. So these are some questions that came in from our Boom Doom Zoom show for the uh, Switzer uh, Report subscribers. And uh, Baby Bunting is an interesting mm. company. I'm oh, sorry. Um, yeah, Baby Bunting's an interesting guy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's looking pretty positive, but uh, you're, yep. the, you're the person who, who tells me whether I'm seeing the right thing. Well, at, at a basic level, as, as we could see, this chart's the opposite of the prior two. It's, mm. it's in an uptrend. So that's, that's what you want. You want to buy something that will hopefully be worth something more in the future. So mm. Baby Bunting, we've still got a very nice uptrend. I don't see any danger signs uh, with this. Um, the squiggly blue line here is the 100-day exponential moving average. Um, now, the reason why it shows that is basically because it just seems to fit really well. It, yeah, it does. On, on the way up, baby bunting, it seemed every time it gets down to that 100-day moving average, it seems to bounce off it very nicely. So and we should say to people, to some people what's this important, that, you know, what we're talking about. So when we say 100-day moving average, the 100-day moving average of the stock price. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so some people we, 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 you know, wouldn't really understand, but the significance is that it's actually giving you an idea of, in a sense, what's going on with the stock price yep. over 100 days. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. And it, uh, of course, it is backwards looking. We're looking at the prior 100 days of, of share price action. Mm. But if a stock is above that, then it's feeling better, it's got, isn't it? It's got, it's got that positive momentum. Yeah. Um, so in the case of baby bunting here, look, I think the uptrend will continue. I'd be happy to hold it if I was in it. If I was looking for an entry point, I'd prefer to get it closer to that 100-day moving mm -hmm. average line. So mm -hmm. again, if you're buying it just above $6, um, if baby bunting was to head back towards that 100-day moving average line, you've, you'll, be, you know, you'll be losing about 40 cents and as long as it bounces off that, well, I guess that's fine. But mm. you just never know, it could break Can't up. So yeah. I prefer to wait for it to get back to the 100-day moving average again. It seems to bounce off it yeah. every now and then. And then when it turns higher, that would be the better entry point. But here it's, a, it's fine as a whole. Okay, and another company called Service Stream. Do you know much about the company, Mike? Oh, look, I've, I know a little bit mm. uh, about it. Mm. Um, I mean, enough probably to stay away for the time being. <laughs> it's kind of um, in the telco space, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. I think they've had, um, um, I think, sort of visibility around their earnings is a big issue because of the, you know, you expect them to be able to pick up a lot of these, um, I think, 5G and MBN contracts. And, yeah, look, not, not one that I've, I've followed too closely. No, but, no. But it, does, but it does seem as though it, it has a few uncertainties there. And yeah, few and the chart's not looking fantastic. And Yeah, exactly. So you've got that as well. So... Um, I think this is traded as high as $3 and, and at the moment it's under a dollar. So uh, a massive destroyer of capital, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, again, as we could see, downtrend in place. Um, what I've got on this chart is the volume at the bottom. So those bars indicate volume yeah. uh, traded on a particular day. Now, if we have a look at the middle of the screen, that big spike in volume in December last year, corresponded with that big drop in the share price. Mm. Uh, and then the next time we had a big spike in volume, um, it was at the end of February again, big drop in the share price. So It coincides more with selling than buying. E exactly. Mm. What about However, the last one, Mike? So this is what's interesting. Mm. So 
the last spike in volume occurred on a day where the share price actually went up. Mm. So potentially a positive. Okay, so it's worth watching, but at mm. this point in time, yeah. you're not uh, sending out your, your wife and kids to buy it. <laughs> exactly. So again, I'd, I'd prefer to see the, the downtrend get broken. Um, but what that spike of volume is telling us is that it may well be beginning that process. So we might find if we look back three months from now, it's still around these levels, but it's built a bit of a base. Yeah. Um, too early to buy, but yeah, that's that spike in volume. Is quite so it's not not a company we should necessarily wipe off the board because it could have some potential inside. It's in the right space. Five G yeah. is is a, a future space, and telcos have have potential. All right, mate. Now you watch, you always bring one of your favourites along, and one that's grabbing your eyes. This one's Wes Farmers. Yep. Tell so us why. Oh, look, I mean, well, firstly, you look at the chart, it's, mm. it's, uh, it's in it's an uptrend. It's so loop on the way up. The, it's mm. still on the right thing. It's, mm. it's in an uptrend. I mean, we still like cyclical stocks, and West Farmers is, is cyclical via, um, via Bunnings. Mm. Um, now, what's interesting here is that even though it looks like it's come a long way, again, I think this one will continue to head higher. So I've, I've, I've put some interesting shapes here on the I've never seen you do this chart. before. Um, now, this, this pattern is mm. known as a as a cup and handle pattern. Right. So and it does these, look like a cup with a handle, you're Yeah, right. some of these formations have, have funny names for you to remember them, but, yeah. um, but there is logic behind what, what it's doing here. So yeah. if we have a look at the West Farmers um, share price in February, it, it peaked around $56, came back to 50, went all the way back up to 56 in April, mm. uh, and then it was, was sold off from that resistance level now. What's interesting over the last few weeks is that instead of continuing to fall because mm. it got close to that um, $56 level, it's actually held in there. So that second loop on the right-hand side, the little handle mm. of the cup, is indicating that um, despite the selling pressure, it's holding in there pretty well. And in my opinion, it's just a, a matter of time until it pushes past $56, probably in the next few days. Yeah. Uh, and then it will continue um, that uptrend. So and clearly, and clearly, if the um, the second loop was deeper than the first, it'd be a bad sign. It'd be it, a sign that people precisely. are actually getting out rather than getting in. But that there says that there's not a real lot of fear when the stock gets around fifty four dollars. They want to buy it. There's been some very good, yeah. very good buying. So whoever's been selling the stock, they'll, I think, they're almost finished with with their selling. Just looking mm. at the way it's trading. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been happy to start picking up some more West Farmers last week, but if you're a little bit more conservative, if you, if you wait for a break above 56, uh, then I don't think it'll be long until this thing's trading above 60. Well done. That's Mike Gable from Family Equities. Become an annual Switzer Report subscriber and get unprecedented access to my seven investing principles where I reveal the exact strategies I use to invest. You'll get access to an exclusive PDF, video recording, and even a free copy of my book, Join the Rich Club. With a 30-day money-back guarantee, a Switzer Report subscription is one of the wisest investments you can make towards your future. Find out more at switzerreport.com.au slash YouTube offer or click on the link in the description below. Joining me now is my colleague at the Switzer Report, Paul Rickard. And he's actually looked into the upcoming demerger of Woolworths and Endeavour Drinks. And I guess most of us want to know whether you need to buy Woolworths to get access to a really big bargain in Endeavour Drinks. But we'll get to that in a moment. Paul, 
Um, what's the history of um, demergers like this? Yeah, demergers generally, Peter, have done very well. And the theory goes that, um, you know, a lot of organisations within big organisations, they're pretty constrained, they're capital constrained. You know, you have to get a head office to sort of buy the stapler or buy, you know, any <laughs> sort of minor investment. Yeah. And so the idea with demergers is you sort of cut the sort of company loose or the, 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 sort the umbilical core. The peripheral activity loose, give them a new management team, a bit of capital, separate balance sheet, new board, uh, and off they go. And in, in historically, you know, demergers overall have done pretty well. So some really good examples of companies like you were talking about South 32 a minute off air, mm. Treasury Wine Estates. Uh, was, was a demerger. Coles uh, and uh, West Farmers. Coles came out of, out of West Farmers, and so overall they've, they've done pretty well. You know, Blue Scope was a, another, another case of, uh, of a good demerger. Hmm. There've been a couple of duds. You know, um, what's we, the best dud? Well, the best dud was what was what called One Steel that became Arium, and that yeah. was the Steelworks down in Wyala, which is, again has still got its future up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Shareholders now Arium ended up with nothing because it went broke. Uh, another one that hasn't done quite so well is uh, now what's called Virgin Money UK, yeah. which came out of, uh, that was original, the, the National Australia Bank spin-off of its Clydesdale and Yorkshire banks. Great, great name, Clydesdale and, um, and Yorkshire which, banks. Which were very traditional banks, and then they then bought Virgin Money in the UK and put it together. But even mm. so, uh, all these years ago, almost a decade, the original spin-off price was about $4.00. And that's about where Virgin Money is trading today. So, yeah. look, they ha they're not necessarily no-brainers, but um, look, they, they do pretty well. And they have a pretty interesting trading history, Peter, too, that, that, that generally the demerger does it pretty tough in the market for the first few months. For that, at least trying to analyse, you know, what it's, what's the history. The reason for uh, it, yeah. Is that, you know, up front, you know, people suddenly get shares in this new company. Yeah. And there are always people who want to cash out, right? Yeah. It's a way to realise some money. And on that point, Paul, before you go to the next part of your answer, when you're holding Woolworth shares, when you add the, the, the value of the new ones, do they tend to initially go up? Like you seem to be holding more value yeah, because of it? Yeah, generally the two, the, the, sum of the theory is the sum of the parts will be greater than the whole, right? Okay, yeah. So yeah. that's one of the reasons Woolworth shares has gone up in value coming in the demerge period. I'll, I'll get back to that. But yeah. But the history of is that when they when they first list and you suddenly have you know the new company and the old company and the share prices you add them together, it's usually a little bit more than the the the, the, the whole is more than the, the sorry the, the yeah. sum of the two parts is, is more than the whole before. Well said, Paul. right? Yeah, it took a while to get through. Yeah, but the emerged company. If I just focus on that for a moment. Um, it sort of creates a whole lot of people who suddenly say, look, I don't really want shares in that company. Yeah. And so they become sellers. And this and, is going to be a booze company as well. And, so and a booze yeah. company with all the issues around poker machine licenses. Yeah, that's and so there's probably going to be quite a lot of selling on the market. And, and also, just because you put a share on the market doesn't mean anyone has to buy it. So yeah. you've got to attract new investors into the company. Hmm. And often the fund managers just take a little while to uh, get their act together. So typically, they come on the market, they actually have quite a bit of selling pressure for the first four to six weeks, hmm. sort of finds a bottom, and then a few fund managers come in, and then- They see value. They see value, and as managers, you know, you've got, you've got a new management team, a new board, hmm. and after three to six months, they're sort of starting to make things happen, and then typically they do pretty well. So when I, when I say demergers do well, it's sort of more like over 12 to 18 months. Hmm. But normally there's a bit of softness up front. Okay, so I guess the bottom line then is um, we'll, we'll probably, look, I know, I know with this, the story you've written in the Swiss report, you, you cover all the things that someone would want to know if they actually currently hold Woolworths yep. shares. But I, I guess the, the bottom line for many people watching this is 
you know, do we need to get in before they do merger or do you, is you, you kind of recommending that they yeah, wait? Yeah, I'm probably sort of thinking now it's a bit too late, Peter. I think it's one of the reasons, and we have said that, I've said mm. that uh, I've had a buy in Woolworths for some time, so yeah. I've said one of the reasons it was going to go up was because of this to merger, right? Yeah, and people were rushing and, in and trying and, to... And uh, I don't know if we can... Uh, we're just looking at a chart here, but I don't know whether that chart's on the screen, Peter, but uh, Woolworths has done pretty well. If you go back the last, it's outperformed Coles uh, comprehensively over the last two or three months. Yeah. And I put that down, you know, at least one of the reasons due to the demerger coming to fruition. Mm. So it's, it's, it's almost near its 52-week uh, high. So it's, it's done pretty well. Um, and I think that's partly the demerger coming in. So what do you do now? Well, we're sort of three weeks out. You have until the uh, 23rd of June, if right. you do want to participate. I think Woolworths is going to stay well bid, um, but I'm not sure there's a lot of value still left in. I think the Smarties have already been on this trade. Okay. Now, one thing that might happen to Woolworths post the demerger is Woolworths itself might go up. Now, its share price is going to change because yeah. You know, there's a formula for how this thing is done, and it's done for yeah, you. There's got to be some yeah. value. This yeah. we should bring it down. But, but there are, it, it, it will come down, and its, its cost price will come down too. And you can read all about it in the article about how you adjust your capital gains tax price. But one of the things that's always held Woolworths back is, is that some fund managers just won't buy Woolworths because of the poker machines. Now they're Correct. not a big part of Woolworths. They're a very significant part of the new Endeavour drinks business. Mm. And maybe Woolworths itself might get a little bit of a boost post the demerger. But look, do you buy it now? I'd probably say no, but what I have got in the article, Peter, is uh, everything you need to know about the capital gains tax price, where I expect uh, Endeavour to trade, or put a valuation on it, one of the yeah. first out there. Yeah. Uh, and it's an interesting company because um, despite it uh, you know, being in a pretty low growth industry, I mean, the, the, you know, the retail drinks business Compound annual growth rates are about 3%. That's the industry. So it's, mm. it's not a fast-growing business. But that all said, uh, if you put the poke machines to one side, um, the whole Endeavour drinks business trades at quite a, has quite a higher operating margin. Uh, than, that's profit, by the way. Uh, yeah. That's profit mm. than does the Woolworths food business. Mm. It's almost, uh, the margin's almost twice as high. Well, you, and you can price uh, alcohol for drinkers very, very effectively. Yeah, and they make pretty good money out of their, their pubs business. Yeah. Now, so, uh, you know, you've got to get over the ESG concern about yeah. poker machines. But, uh, you know, maybe that group, new, the team, its own balance sheet actually can, uh, and, it is the, and it is the biggest hotel in Australia, as well yeah. as having the best Retail it's drinks three hundred and fifty-six. Yeah, about three hundred and fifty odd hotels. It's also, as I said, the number one and number two retail drinks brands in Dan Murphy's and BWS. Yeah, so about forty percent market share of the retail drinks market. Uh, biggest hotel here. If they can get the hotel business on fire, you get out of COVID, you know, uh, and they refurbish what their plans are. Put some. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually got some good prospects. So, mm. so I think longer term this could be interesting. But it'd be interesting to see just just what the mix is of in terms of those getting out for ESG reasons and then post the event, um, just how big the whole ESG issue is yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of who can buy it and who can't. So you're really saying that Woolworths could go up because of the goody-goody two-shoes who would like to be in there and they wouldn't buy it when they had the, the drinks and the poker machine yeah. aspect to it. Then on the other hand, Endeavour Drinks could go up because of all the baddie baddie one-shoes out there who really love drinking and playing poker yeah, machines. Yeah, I mean, I expect in a year's time, no doubt, that the sum of the parts will yeah. be bigger than what it's worth today, right? Yeah, I, th okay. I th think this is going to be a successful demerger. Yeah. I just I just think there might be a little bit of selling up front. So okay. uh, I, you may do better. You can be probably be a bit patient, but yeah. uh, look, it's... Um, it's, it's a bit of a line call on this one, but I think there's a, there's a lot in, in our Switzer Super Report that yeah. uh, 
including where we think it's going to trade, Peter. Yeah, so if you really want to be a smart investor rather than a dumb investor, you read people like Paul, and me too as well. That's Paul Ricard from the Switzer Report.